Welcome to Jury Duty. I'm your host, Chris Terracone. Season 8 of Jury Duty explores the trial of Alex Murdoch, a member of one of the most powerful families in South Carolina, who was accused of murdering his son Paul and his wife Maggie, with the purpose of covering up a myriad of alleged crimes including fraud and homicide. In our last episode, we began our look at the direct examination of Rogan Gibson, a friend with whom Paul Murdoch exchanged text messages just before Paul was killed. In this installment, we conclude our review of the prosecution's direct examination of Mr. Gibson. That's all coming up right after the break. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. It is early afternoon on Wednesday, February 1st, 2023, day six of the trial of Alex Murdoch. As we concluded our last episode, Prosecutor Creighton Waters had asked Rogan Gibson a number of questions intended to offer the jury insight into how close the witness was to Paul Murdoch and his family. As we begin this installment, Waters asks Mr. Gibson questions about his activities at the time of the murders. Back in... Uh... June 7th of 2021, you were working in agriculture? That's correct. Working in farming? That's correct. Hard work? Yes, sir. What time do you have to get up in the morning and go to work? Normally get up about 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Where were you staying at that point in time? I was staying at my girlfriend's house in Buford. In Buford? Do I have to say her last name? What was her first name? Marianne. Marianne? Why were we staying at Buford at that period, at that point in time? Was that where your house was or, or not? No, my house was not there. I, I was working on St. Helena. It made it a closer ride for me to go to work. So you're staying with your girlfriend because of that? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Did you have a dog at that time? I did. And uh, what kind of dog? Chocolate lamb. Chocolate lamb. I still have the chocolate lamb? I do. What's the dog's name? Cash. As a reminder, during the direct examination of digital forensics expert Lieutenant Britt Dove, the prosecution introduced as evidence a video that Lieutenant Dove extracted from Paul Murdoch's phone. In that video, Paul records a brown dog in the kennel at the Murdoch's Moselle Road property. That brown dog's name was Cash. How old was Cash about that time? I'm guessing some, he was a puppy four, six months old maybe. Were you able to keep Cash with you when you were staying at your girlfriend's in Buford? I was not able to. Why was that? Because she wasn't allowed. She was renting a house. We couldn't keep one there. What uh, arrangements did you make for Cash when you were staying in Buford and you couldn't keep him at your girlfriend's house? I would leave him at the kennels at Moselle. And tell me how that came to be. How did you work that out? I asked Mr. Ellick if I could leave him there. I'd be gone at a week at a time. Right. Leave him there for a week, pick him back up when I come back home on the weekend. All right. Did you uh, leave food for him, that sort of thing? I did. So where was he staying when he was at Moselle during the week when you were working? In the kennel. In the kennel. Describe the kennels a little bit for the for the jury. Uh, what was the structure like? It was like a lean-to shed with about eight, somewhere around eight kennels under feed room on the end. And Cash was staying in one of those? That's correct. You'd go get him on the weekend? Friday night or either Saturday, yes. Where would you take him then? Back to my house. And just where were you living at that time? 
in Colleton County. You get up uh, at 5 a.m. and get to work. What about what time you get to work? Uh, working farming. I'd roughly get to work somewhere around 7, 7.30. 7, 7.30. And then what time would you get off? It all depended. What time typically I mean, would you get off? 5, 6, 7 o'clock. Just depending on how much work need to get done? That's correct. Were you pretty tired when you got home? I was. During the course of that day, June 7th, 2021, did you have any communications with Paul? I did. What's Some, the first one you remember? Sometime around lunchtime. Right. What did y'all communicate? Did y'all talk on the phone? Did y'all text or what? Yeah, I think he called me and told me about the sunflowers had been sprayed in the dough field and they were dead. Okay. What did he say about that? Said that he was getting ready to replant them. They'd been sprayed with some Roundup or something? That's correct. Did y'all talk about anything else that you remember? Not that I remember. While I'm thinking about it, ask you about Paul's use of a cell phone. Do you know where he kept his cell phone when it wasn't in his hand? Most of the time in his pockets. Was he typically one to respond pretty quick to you? If normally. talking about something? Normally, yeah. We were talking about something. He would respond pretty quick. That evening, did you talk to Paul again after that initial conversation? I did. All right. And when was that, roughly? Around 8, 8.40. Okay. And what uh, what was that conversation about? He called and said, asked if something was wrong with the dog's tail. Okay. And was that the first you were hearing about that? That's correct. Tell me about your conversation. I told him that, you know, I wasn't real sure. I just dropped him off there Sunday and um, told him, let's try to see if he can get me a picture or FaceTime me and let me see what was going on with the dog's tail. Where was Paul when he called you? He was at the dog kennels. And how do you know that? I could hear the dogs barking in the original call. Is he describing to you what he's seeing on Cash's tail? That's correct. And Cash was at the kennels? He was. Did you hear any other voices when you were on the phone with Paul about 840? I did. And what voices did you hear? I heard Miss Maggie. And who else did you hear? And I thought it was Mr. Ellick that I heard. You thought it was Mr. Ellick? You talked to Paul, and, and what did y'all talk about? What was he going to do? He was going to try to FaceTime me. Yeah. He said, you know how the service is out here. He said, if I can't get the FaceTime to go through, I'll send you a video. And why was he going to FaceTime me? What's the difference between FaceTime and a regular call? So I could see what the dog, what was wrong with the dog. And y'all talked about how the service is out here? That's correct. And what did you mean by that? Most of the time you got enough service to make a call. I mean, sometimes the calls would break up, but a FaceTime couldn't really get a whole lot of service to make the FaceTime call. It's kind of lagging. Y'all had problems with that before? That's correct. Did y'all discuss what to do if the FaceTime didn't work? We did. And what was the discussion? He was going to send me a video of it, of the dog. He was going to video it and then do what with it? Text it to you? That's correct. Is that the last time you ever talked to your friend? That was. Did y'all try to FaceTime? We did. Did it work? It, it came through, but it was kind of lagging. I couldn't tell what was going on. And then never heard from him again? That's correct. Did you ever get that video? I did not. After you never got the video, did you try to reach back out to Paul to see if you could get him to respond? I did. I called him a few times and texted him. Did he ever respond? He didn't. Did you reach out to anyone else trying to get Paul to respond? I texted Miss Maggie. Did she respond? She did. About what time do you think you went to bed that night? I'm not exactly sure. It was sometime right after I probably tried to contact him. And you never heard from Miss Maggie either? I did. Did you ever talk to her at all that day? I did. What time? About what time do you think you went to bed? I'm going to say somewhere around 10 o'clock. You're a pretty sound sleeper. That's correct. Been working on the farm all day? That's correct. Did some calls come in that you didn't realize because you were asleep? Yes, I woke up with some missed calls. What time did you wake up the next morning? Sometime around 5, 5.30. When did you find out that your friend Paul and his mother Maggie had been murdered? That same time, 5, 5.30. How would you find out? I called one of my friends that had left me, a, or I had a missed call from, and he, he told me what had happened. And tell me his first name, please. Nolan. What'd you do after that? 
we got a little boy up and got him to school without talking about it a whole lot, and then we headed back home. And by home, you mean Collison County? Collison County. That's correct. And where'd you go from there? I went to my house first. Then I ended up going to Moselle. About what time you think you got there? Sometime maybe 8, 30, 9 o'clock. Um, what'd you see when you got there? Where'd you go on the property? I went to the dog kennels. And who'd you see there? Did you talk to anyone there? I did, and I seen John Marvin, but I didn't speak to him. John Marvin Murdoch is Alex Murdoch's older brother. Did you talk to anybody at the scene when you first went there? The only person I seen was John Marvin. What'd you do after that? Uh, my cousin let the dog out of the kennel. That being cash? That's correct. Did you take cash with you? I did. And where'd y'all go from there? To the convenience store okay. down the road from the house. And who'd you meet there? I met a game warden. And what'd you do after that? What, did you have a conversation? I did. I have, had a conversation with him, and he said that law enforcement was going to be wanting to speak with me. And I told him, I said, well, if you got a contact, let's get him up here and let's talk. And so did you wait for uh, law enforcement to arrive? I did. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and, of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. We pick up Creighton Waters' questioning of Rogan Gibson with the witness recounting what happened after law enforcement arrived to meet with him on the morning after the murders at a convenience store near the Murdoch's Moselle Road property. you remember who you talked to? I did. And who'd you talk to? Jeff Croft and Katie McAllister. Did they do an interview of you? They did. Did they ask you about your communications with Paul the night before? They did. And did they ask you uh, to see your cell phone? They did. Did they take screenshots of your cell phone? That's correct. Were you showing them your communications the night before with Paul and Maggie and others the night before? Yes, sir. Were you holding up the phone and they were taking screenshots? Yes, sir. And just flip those real quick and see if you recognize those images. Do you recognize those? I do. And what are those? Miss all activity on my phone. Miss calls, texts. Mr. Gibson, I'm going to uh, put these up on the screen. you got a screen up there, uh, and so take a look at that, okay? Okay. All right, 165. Can you all turn the screen around for me, please? And that's a, a screenshot that Jeff Croft took of your phone that uh, on June 8th, 2021, the next day? That's correct. All right, and that reflects a call from who? Paul. And which Paul is that? Paul Murdoch. All right, and what time is that call? 8.40 p.m. And how long does it last? Four minutes. Is that the call you just described to this jury? It is. The call y'all were talking about Cash the dog and trying to figure out the tail? It is. I'm going to show you what's been marked as 166. Now, again, you told this jury that when y'all got off the call, he was going to try to FaceTime you, and if not, send a video. That's correct. All right, I'll show you 166. Is that another screenshot of it? It is. And that's the uh, FaceTime call, is that right? That's correct. 8.44 p.m.? That's correct. For 11 seconds? That's correct. That FaceTime didn't work, though, did it? Yeah, it, was, it came through, but it was lagging. We couldn't communicate through it. So y'all stopped? That's correct. And you were expecting what after that? A video. I'm going to show you what's been marked as States 167. Are these texts that were on your phone? <clears throat> they are. And who are those texts between? 
Who are you trying to text right there down those last two bubbles? I was sending those texts to Paul. It's got a little glare on it. Well, what time is that text right there? 8.49 p.m. And that's on June 7th, 2021? That's correct. And what are you telling Paul right there? Can you read that to the jury and then explain what you were trying to say to Paul, please? See if you can get a good picture of it. Marianne wants to send it to a girl we know. That's a vet. Tell him to sit and stay, and he shouldn't move around too much. Who were you talking about when you said tell him to sit and stay? Cash, the dog. Did you send another text right here? I did. What time is that? Can you read it? 9.58 p.m. What do you say? Yo. And when you say yo to Paul, what are you trying to get him to do? Just trying to get him to call me back or text me back. So you haven't gotten that video? That's correct. I'll show you what's been marked as 168 states. Is that another screenshot of your phone? That is. These are uh, missed calls from June 7th, 2021? That's correct. Are these are outgoing calls? They are. Who are you trying to call? Paul Murdoch. Tell me the times you tried to call him. Start from the bottom, please. 9.10 p.m., 9.29 p.m., 9.42 p.m., 9.57 p.m. Did he ever respond? No, sir. I'll show you what's been marked as States 169. Is that another screenshot of your phone? It is. Who are you trying to call right there? Paul. What's that last call? 10.08 p.m. Did he answer that call? He did not. I'll show you what's been marked as States 170. Is that another screenshot of your phone? It is. And who are you trying to uh, text right here? Miss Maggie. What time did you try to text her? 9.34 p.m. And what did you text her? Tell Paul to call me. Tell Paul to call me? Yes, sir. Did she ever respond? She did not. You said you woke up the next morning on June 8, 2021, and you saw you had some missed calls. Is that right? That's correct. And we'll show you what's been marked as States 171. Was this also a screenshot or a picture that uh, Special Agent Croft took of your phone? It is. All right. And who are those missed calls from? Mr. Hillett. And what time did they come in? 10.21 p.m. and 10.24 p.m. And did you, that would have been on June 7th, 2021? That's correct. Were you asleep at that time? I was. Unaware they were coming in? That's correct. 172. Is that another screenshot of your phone? It is. And those other missed calls that came in? 10.25 p.m. and 10.30 p.m. When you spoke to Special Agent Croft on June 8th, 2021, did you tell him and Special Agent McAllister who you thought you heard on that phone call at 8.40? I did. And who did you say you heard? I thought it was Mr. Ellick, but I wasn't exactly sure. Did you give him a percentage? I did. What did you say? 99% that you heard Mr. Alec on that phone call at 840. That's correct. As time went on after the murders, did you go to Moselle where all the family and friends were gathering? I did. Were you there for a amount? Probably the whole part of that next or that later that week. While you were there at the house where the family and friends had gathered, did anyone ever ask you about your last contact with Paul? There was. And who asked you? Grandma. And that being Miss Brandstutter? That's correct. Maggie's mother? That's correct. And what did you say? Told her, yeah, that I talked to Paul about the dog and told her that I heard Miss Maggie in the background and I heard a male voice that I thought was Mr. Ellick. Was he in the room then? Yes. Did he stand up and say, no, I wasn't there? He did. Did you ever have any conversation with Ellick Murdoch about what happened that night? No, sir. Did he ever ask you about whether or not you heard him on that, that phone that night? No, sir. Did he ever tell you what he did that night? No, sir. 
Did you ever ask him what he did that night? No, sir. Not a subject you wanted to talk about, was it? That's correct. Over time, as the months passed following the murder of Paul and Maggie, you were ultimately interviewed by law enforcement and, and other part of the process and that sort of thing. Is that correct? That's correct. And as time went on and you were asked about who you heard on the phone that night, that call at 840, you said, hey, I thought it was Alec, but I can't be sure. That's correct. Told law enforcement the night of, 99% sure, correct? Say that question again, please. Told law enforcement the next day, June 8th, that you were 99% sure. Is that correct? That's correct. As time went on, you said, I thought it was Alec, but I can't be sure. That's correct. In November of 2022, did law enforcement ask you to come in and look at a video? They did. And did you watch that video? I did. And what was on that video? It was the video. Paul was supposed to take a cash. Cash was on the video. And did you hear, recognize the voices on there? I did. Did you recognize the voices of your second family? I did. And what voices did you hear? Paul's, Miss Maggie, Miss Ellen. And how sure are you now? Positive. 100%? That's correct. Before we play the video, I want to ask a couple more questions. When you received that phone call from Paul at the Kennels at 8.40 p.m. on the night of June 7, 2021, did Paul sound normal to you? He did. Did he sound stressed to you? He did not. Did he sound like someone was there that he didn't know? No, sir. Did he sound worried? He did. Did you hear Maggie's voice? I did. Did she sound stressed? She did. Did she sound worried? No. Did she sound normal? She did. Did she sound like there was somebody there she didn't know? No, sir. Or that she was in danger? No, sir. Did you hear Alex's voice? What I thought was his voice at the time, yeah. When Maggie or Paul would go down to the kennels, how would they usually get there? They would drive. Um, sometimes Miss Maggie would walk or ride a bike. If they had an ATV or a golf cart in the yard, sometimes they would drive that. Paul more likely to be one to ride or one, one to drive down there? Most of the time he would drive. Was it usual for the family to go down there sometimes and let the dogs out? It was. Let them run around? That's correct. Did Miss Maggie like to do that? She did. Was it common, to your knowledge, for guns to be left down at the kennels? Sometimes there was. Yeah. I'm going to play that video for you, okay? Okay. Creighton Waters starts the video recorded by Paul Murdoch moments before his death. Again, we see Paul's hand open and enter a kennel cage with a large brown dog and hear Paul telling the dog to, quote, get back. The camera records the brown dog's tail as we hear Paul say, quote, quit it, Cash, and, quote, come here, Cash, to the dog. Get back. Get back. Quit it, Cash. Next, we hear other voices in the background referencing another dog named Bubba. The first is a female voice, presumably Maggie Murdoch, saying, quote, Hey, he's got a bird in his mouth. Then we hear another male voice appearing to express his displeasure at what he sees by lamenting, quote, Bubba. Next, Maggie says, quote, It's a guinea. And then we hear Paul's voice say, It's a chicken. We next hear the other male voice shout, quote, come here, Bubba, come here, Bubba. Seconds later, the video ends. Quit. 
After the video ends, Creighton Waters resumes his questioning of Rogan Gibson. That video you watched back in November 2022? It is. Where is that video taken? At the kennel. You recognize your dog? I do. You recognize Paul's voice? Yes, sir. You recognize Maggie's voice? Yes, sir. You recognize Alex's voice? Yes, sir. 100%? Yes, sir. Can you point out Alec Murdoch, the person whose voice you recognize in this video in this courtroom, please? Sitting right here in the gray jacket. Please let the record reflect he's identified the defendant. Judge Newman enters Rogan Gibson's identification of Alex Murdoch into the case record. Thank you, Mr. Gibson. <laughs> Nothing further. With that, we bring to a close this episode of Jury Duty, the trial of Alex Murdoch. Please join us on our next installment as we conclude our look at the testimony of Paul Murdoch's friend, Rogan Gibson. Also, check out the Crime Story podcast, Night Raid, wherever you get your podcasts. And if you would like to listen to these episodes early and ad-free, head over to our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page. You can find more information about this trial on our Jury Duty Crime Story Patreon page or at crimestory.com. Jury Duty is created and produced by Carrie and Tholis. It was co-produced and edited by yours truly, Chris Terracone. Music for this episode was provided by Strike Audio. Thank you for joining us, and we hope you will come back for the next episode of Jury Duty.